Thank you, City Light Church, for allowing me to be here. We serve an amazing God. Am I right? Let's give him a little clap. Thank God that we're here today. My name is Eric, and I'm one of the co-pastors at Sea Light Kansas City. Jason and his family just moved there this weekend. In fact, we helped them. We had a, a big group of guys come out and help. And if you guys are ever in need of some help moving, you guys got to call Chuck and Doug. Because Chuck's going to bring the hustle, but Doug's going to bring the muscle. All right? Doug doesn't always break out his guns, but when he does, he gets things done. So be continually praying uh, for Jason and I and our families as we transition down. Uh, again, we want to thank you guys, thank the uh, City Light Church family uh, for the prayers and for the support that you guys have given to us. You guys have been great. Uh, we also want to thank Doug and Eric. Uh, they've led us well. Uh, they've mentored us. They've, they've taken us by the hand and kind of showed us uh, what's, what's to come. And so we're, we're definitely in uh, debt to them. And uh, again, we're just excited that we get to be part of God's plan. God is uh, allowing us to, to, to plant his church and to play a small role in seeing God's kingdom come. So let's continue to pray. And uh, again, just thank you guys for everything that you guys have done. Uh, for the past month, we've been going through the book of Proverbs. Solomon is the author of Proverbs, and he was perhaps the richest and wisest man who ever lived. Essentially, he summarizes Proverbs like this. He urges us to chase wisdom, to find it, and to never let it go. He wants us to chase wisdom, find it, and never let it go. And not just any kind of wisdom. Solomon wants us to find wisdom of God. He wants us to be in relationship, a vibrant relationship, with the creator of this universe. Amen? And so, as he... As he's learned everything that he knows, he, what he wants to do is he wants his will to line up with God's will. And all of us have time, all of us have a time in our life where we've made decisions, where we've wanted to follow Christ, all right? Some of us have to come to that threshold and say, do we want to follow God? And for some of us, we've made that decision. Some of us are still processing through that. Now, have there been, anyone, have there been any bad decisions that you guys have made in the past where you can look back and say, I wish I had a redo button, and I wish I could redo uh, a decision I made. You, you left a scar, you left a, 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 an injury, uh, you hurt someone else. I know for me, I've made mistakes in my life. And one of the mistakes that I've made, I'm a product of the 80s and 90s, all right? And so one of the things I would do is I was growing up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Thundercats, and Rat Tails. And one of the, one of the decisions I made as a young kid <laughs> is... I, I had a rat tail for at least four to five years of, of my childhood growing up. And as you can see, I was proud of this rat tail, all right? I, I, had, I had a thin rat tail. I would braid it uh, or I'd perm it. Um, I loved it. But it was one of the worst decisions of my life, and I'm still getting counseling uh, from it. <laughs> I'm still healing from it. Now, I'm a parent now, and so one of the things that, that I, would, I, would, I would look at my parents and say, Mom and Dad, why would you let me have that for so long. Um, you got to protect your you got to protect your kids, uh, parents, and do not let them make bad decisions. Uh, so now, some of the decisions that we make are good, and some are bad. And I believe that all of us here today, uh, the good news is that we we get to make decisions. But the book of the book of Proverbs tells us that God ultimately weighs our spirit, and He's the one that ultimately is going to establish our steps. Amen. So this morning, we're going to look at three main points. First point, we plan our steps. Second point, 
God weighs our spirit. And third point, God establishes our steps. So even though we make our own plans, even though that, that we think we know what's good for us, God ultimately is going to weigh our spirit. He knows what's in our heart. He knows why we want to plan the way we want to plan. He knows our motives. And the good news is that he's going to faithfully lead us into the best uh, call for our life. Now let's look again in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. And let's read, let's read verse 1. It says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Now what this is saying, guys, is we plan our steps. And it's natural for us to make decisions. In fact, we make decisions at a very young age. All right, I've got a three-year-old daughter. She loves to make decisions already. All right, one of the things that she'll do is she'll wake me up in the middle of the night or early in the morning, and she'll look at me with her pretty little eyes, give me a hug, and give me a kiss, and she'll say, Daddy, can we get donuts this morning? And of course, I'm going to say, yes, how am I supposed to say no to that? She gives me a big, a big hug and kiss. And so she's already making decisions for what she wants to do for that day. Now, parents, believe it or not, if you guys have teenagers in your, in your house, teenagers love to make decisions whether that's playing video games all day or eating junk food or figuring out how to use your car, they're making decisions. They're, they're planning ahead of, of how to get what they want. Now, if you're a college student or a young adult, I'm with you on this one. We're deciding how we can not live off ramen noodles for the next two, two years of our life. We're trying to figure out what it is, what can we do? Where can we work? How can we, how can we make money? Am I right? Now, if you're a young parent with young kids, you're just trying to decide how are you going to live, how are you going to make it through the day? How are you going to make it through the day? How are you going to prevent your kids from fighting? How are you going to take care of all their needs? And especially, how, how are you not going to get thrown up more than two times in a day? So for me, I have a young baby uh, that sleeps with us. One of the decisions that I have to make in the middle of the night is, which child am I going to sleep with so that I can have a good eight, eight hours of sleep? Anyone else, any, anyone else there do that? Anyone else with me? There it is. Whitney? So many of these decisions are good decisions, but what about the decisions that we make that are based on fear, control, selfishness, things that we think will make us happy or because we think we know what's best for us? Sometimes we make decisions in our life because we want to control those outcomes. We want our life to look a certain way. Am I right? But the truth is in Proverbs 61, it tells us that even though we make our own plans, God is going to protect us from some of the mistakes that we can make, like growing a rat tail. Now, the other thing, too, is sometimes we want to control our life, but the truth is nothing in this life is promised. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised uh, to have healthy, uh, a healthy life. We're not promised to have a certain amount of money in our bank account. We're not even promised our jobs. Now, I don't know if you guys remember... Early in the early 2000s, there was a huge dot-com crash, um, and I'm going to spare all the details, but essentially what happened was there was hundreds of tech companies that were investing through internet investments. They were trading trillions of dollars, and in one year, the bubble burst, and these companies lost over $1.7 trillion. That's a lot of money. $1.7 trillion was lost after the market crash. Now, one of my friends, had four, he had four young kids at the time. And if you looked at his calendar, you would see what he focused on was money, money, money. Show me the money. How am I going to make as much money as possible? How am I going to make my, my, my business as much profit as possible? But after the crash happened, he was able to look at his and, and evaluate what he was focusing on. What he was focusing on 
was temporary things, things that could be taken away really easily. But his family was something that was going to be there for, forever. And he needed to be able to build into his, his wife, his kids, and his calendar shifted. After that crash happened, he started focusing on things that really mattered to God and really mattered to him that couldn't be taken away from him. So he, he decided to start mentoring young fathers who, who, who were in the same situation as him years, years earlier. He's able to mentor his, his young kids in church. He's able to serve. He's able to line his will up with God to make plans, and God blessed him with those decisions. Now, we all have the opportunity to make plans and decisions, and you've heard this said that if you really want to know what you're passionate about, take your, take your calendar out, take your iPhone out, and look at what are, you plan- what are we planning on doing? What are our plans what are we doing with our life? How are we investing in our lives? How are we doing, what are we doing that really matters? Are we doing things that are, are going are gonna to be here and we're going to forget about them uh, tomorrow? Are we doing things that really are going to build into our future? Which, which leads me to point number two. Proverbs continues to talk about how even though we make our own steps, God ultimately is going to weigh our spirits. Let's, let's read verse two together. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the step, weighs the spirit. So God weighs our spirit. I know that you're thinking God weighing your spirit sounds a little weird. It sounds like there's a ghost inside of us or only that God, what it is is only God knows what the true weight of our heart is. He only knows what our true motives are. So again, what it's saying is there is, there are true motives and the way that God, the weight that God uses to measure us, it's adjusted to the right standard. So the weight that God measures us is the correct weight. And it can't be altered. It can't be faked. All right? God knows our ways. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're, what we're really up to. And so we can't fake our relationship with God either. All right? We can't, uh, we can't cheat, lie, sneak our way past God's judgment because he's just and right. And he's a righteous God, and so he's going to judge us how he sees fit. And so if you were to look at your hearts today, if we were to look at our hearts, if we were to ask this question, how would God weigh our, our, how would God weigh our, our, our heart? How would he weigh um, our plans? How would he judge us? I know for me, I got married um, a couple years ago, and most of my friends had already been married. And one of the things that my friends warned me about, they said, Eric, listen, one of the things you've got to worry about is gaining weight, all right? Most guys, most guys gain about five pounds after they get married. And so I can truly tell you that they're wrong. You can actually gain up to 10 pounds after you get married. All right, so one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure I kept my weight down. And believe it or not, the, the morning time is the best time for you to weigh yourself. All right, so if you want to take a couple mile run, if you want to take a shower and weigh yourself, that's going to be the best time for you to feel good about yourself. So one of the things I did was I, I bought a digital scale. And I was, ironically enough, the scale I had been using was three pounds off. So after I got married, I was three pounds heavier, all right? So I was halfway there. I was more than halfway there. And so what I would do, though, is do you guys ever stand on a scale and you kind of like, you kind of put your left foot on there really lightly and you put your right foot on there and you just think you're going to be lighter? You're trying to figure out a way to, to, to make yourself lighter? That does not work. The scale still tells you how much you really weigh. I can't fake that. I can't fake the scale. Now, sometimes I, I, know, I know I'm not, the, I'm, I'm not the only one that does this. Sometimes I'll jump on the scale, and before it even freezes, I'm going to jump off of it because I don't want to see how much I weigh. I don't, want it to, I don't want to say that number that I think it is. 
But no matter what I do, the scale tells us, it tells me how much I weigh. And so God has those same scales for our lives. And how good would it feel to be a Matt Keller? Matthew Keller preached last Sunday, did a great job. Uh, He's actually going with us to Kansas City. He's on the keto diet, and he's lost over 35 pounds. So this guy, he can can go on the scale at any time, put all his clothes on, his shoes on. He's going to feel good about himself. But really, City Light, I know we love to make much of Jesus, and don't worry, we'll get to the good news. But the good news always comes after the bad news. The bad news is that God weighs our heart, and his scales don't lie. Our motives aren't always perfect, and our plans are sometimes driven by our own selfishness. Even our best, most nice, most pretty plans can be driven by this ugly, religious, self-righteous motive. And God sees right past those plans. He gets to our heart, and he gives the ultimate judgment. Before we can jump off the scale, he's the one that's going to judge us. And that's for real. He's going to judge us. So I think if we were all honest here this morning, we have to agree that our hearts can get out of whack sometimes. That deep down, we wrestle with sin. We wrestle with selfishness. We wrestle with things that we think are best for us. Now, deep down inside... The, the, we, we will never be able to pass the test that God has given to us, all right? And now's the time when Jesus comes into the picture. This is the good news. The good news is that Jesus comes, and when he comes, he, 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 weighs, he weighs God's heart. And he didn't, even though we didn't come close to passing the test, Jesus did pass the test. I couldn't jump off the scale to avoid his assessment, but what I can do is say, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. I trust your plan. I trust that my heart can be wrong. I trust that your heart is going to be right. So when we stop trusting in our own plans and stop trusting in our own motives, when we stop hiding from God, we're able, we're able to, to be seen by God is able to see Jesus inside of us. So the good news about God weighing our spirits is that he cleans us out. Jesus makes us pure. He makes us have the ability to stand in front of a righteous God. Why would we not want to be cleaned out by God? When we get cleaned out, God sees Jesus in us. God sees the motive of Jesus. God sees the beauty of Jesus. God sees the perfection of Jesus. When we could never measure up, when all of us would fail God's weight test, Jesus did everything for us. Which leads us to point number three. God establishes our steps. Let's look at verse three. It says, commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit your ways to the Lord, and your ways will be established. What does it mean that God establishes our plans? It means that God is going to make our plans firm and stable. The good news is that God has established the best plans for our lives. The best plan for our lives starts at the foot of the cross, At the foot of the cross is where this good news begins. There has to be a time in our life where we come to God and surrender our plans to him. So right now for a moment, what I want us to do is I just want us to close our eyes. I want us to close our eyes and I want us to imagine ourselves standing at the foot of the cross looking up at Jesus. The cross is a place where we can decide to let go of our own plans and way of doing life. It's a place that we surrender our hearts, minds, and line our will with God's will. 
The cross is a place where we see the weight of our sin poured out on Christ. It is a place where we are weighed by honest scales and we realize that we cannot run or hide from sin, shame, and fear. It is the good news that if we believe and confess Jesus as Lord of our life, we will be firmly established in Christ for all of eternity. Guys, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is the good news of the gospel. Amen? Go ahead and open up your eyes. This morning, I believe that Jesus is drawing us in with his spirit, and he calls us by name to follow him. When we cross the line of faith in Christ, we can see that God has established our plans. There are many different ways that God is going to establish our plans. He's going to speak to us through our circumstances. There's things in our life that are going to happen that we have no control over. We can't control the good or even the bad things that happen in our life. But when those things happen, we get our, our attention gets turned and we focus on Christ. Another way that God speaks to us is through other people. People can speak into our lives that we're able to connect, that we're investing in. Are there people that love Jesus more than us that we're able to talk to, that we're able to connect with, that we're able to see, and we're able to listen to? The, other, the best way that God speaks to us also is through the Holy Spirit. God establishes his plans for us through the Holy Spirit. He whispers to us. He speaks to us. And all we have to do is listen and obey. When we hear the Holy Spirit, what are we going to do when he, when, when he speaks to us? Are we going to ignore it or are we going to say, yes, Lord, I submit, I submit that to you? There's going to be some things in our lives that are going to happen that we're not going to believe that we can do. But that's the whole plan of God. He wants to call us into things that are greater than ourselves so that we can never take credit for it. And the last thing we want to make sure is that when God establishes our steps, they have to be rooted and established in the, in the Bible, in the scriptures. The scriptures are the most important thing that has to line up with it. If it doesn't line up in the scriptures, then it's, it's not true. Now, maybe there's a story I can share from you about how my wife's uh, steps were established. For the past six months, we've been processing through this move to Kansas City. And in about 10 days, we're actually moving down there. But before we even got to this process, my wife had to process through a lot of stuff. I met my wife at Christ Community Church about eight years ago. Before we dated, we worked together. We were both single. And I'm not saying that I'm a prophet. I'm not saying that I'm psychic. But one of the things I knew about Terry was that she was an amazing woman of God. She wasn't going to settle for anyone and that she was going to marry an amazing guy. And that all, that, all came to, that all came true. Now, we would both tell you that before we dated, we respected each other. We loved hanging out with each other. But we also knew that there was no way we were going to date. There was no way we were going to date or even get married. That was the furthest thing from our mind. Terry was born and raised in Omaha. She's a native of Nebraska. And she was clearly looking to date a teacher or a doctor, someone that was going to settle her life down for the rest of her life. And she was never going to have to leave her family. I, I'm way different. I'm, I'm kind of a maverick. I enjoy a good adventure. I could never see myself living in one place. I love to travel, and I love to see kind of what God is calling us, me to do in, in, in different areas. I'm okay. I'm a risk taker. That's not what Terry was looking for. Fast forward to now. We've been married for four years. We've got three kids, and now we're moving to a new city. Those were never her plans. And to be, believe it or not, that wasn't my plans either. But God has been faithful, and he's established that for us. Now, the fact that my wife even decided to marry me, that she agreed to sell her dream home, 
as she decided to leave everything she's ever known, quit her ministry job, and move to a new city closer to her mother-in-law is only an action of God. So the main, the main way God revealed this to her was through the scriptures. And one of the things that she's been doing is, as we've processed through what, what the Lord's wanting us to do, she's been journaling. And she's been, she's been wrestling through with, man, Lord, are you really calling our family Kansas City? She's wrestling with fear. She's, she's wrestling with doubt, anger. Is Eric really going to be able to teach to people? Is he going to be able to really preach? And so there's some things that she struggled with just to know, is this what God wants for our family? She wants what's best, all right? She's going to hold on to that plan. But once she started to let go and she said, Lord, I'm coming to the cross and whatever you want, whatever you want us to do, I'm here and I'm going to obey. This is what she said. When we were first presented with the opportunity to go to Kansas City, we both wrestled with a lot of fear. Fear of leaving everything comfortable, my friends, home, job, and church. Fear of the unknown, fear of failure, etc. Honestly, church planning in a new city felt impossible to me. In those weeks that I was seeking God's direction for Eric and our family, no matter where I was in Scripture, I was picking up themes of fear, faith, surrender, and risk. It seemed that God was trying to get my attention and speaking into the call and speaking into the call to church plant in Kansas City. Specifically, I remember reading Mark chapter 5. It's the story of a synagogue ruler, Jairus, who pleads with Jesus to come and heal his dying daughter. Jesus goes with him, but on their way, Jairus receives the devastating news that his daughter is dead. In the midst of impossible circumstances, Jesus immediately speaks to Jairus. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Those words jumped off the page, and God spoke to me about my lack of faith and submission to fear. God was calling me to let go of fear and believe Jesus for the impossible. Don't be afraid. Just believe. That has been my verse through this journey. And in those moments when fear creeps back in, those words strengthened me and put my eyes back on Jesus. So guys, this morning, can you guys think about a time in your life where you were fearful, where you were holding on to something that you just didn't want to let go of? But can you also think of a time where when you did let go of it, you saw how faithful God was, how he led, how he changed your perspective, how your will began to line up with him, how you had fruitful relationship with God, how you were able to talk to him, how you were able to live with him, to, to, be, to commune with him. How great was it to see that change, to, 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 to see your plans change and to see that God had the best thing for you? God is never going to take us to something that, that we can't handle. He's never going to take us through something that he's not going to be there with us, standing, standing beside us. And I think that's what's really important is that we, we long for stability. We long for assurance in the decisions that we make. We want our decisions to be wise. And even though we can't see the outcome of it, when Jesus is leading us, when he's taking us by the hand, we're going to be able to see his, faithful, his faithfulness as he leads us. And so continue to be praying for Kansas City. We'd love to be able to come back and see and show uh, the fruit that God has really given to us. And the fruit that you guys are doing here with planting churches, God's going to be faithful. We pray that God's faithfulness would show up and that we'd be able to see how God's plans are greater than our own. When we truly allow God to lead our lives, again, he's going to lead us greater than something than ourselves. He's got to lead us to do something impossible because we want to be able to know that it wasn't us that did it. It was God that did it. God will establish our steps 
He will write a script for our lives that we could never have imagined, and we will never comprehend the results of our actions until the other side of heaven. Do we realize today, guys, that there are decisions that we make, small decisions that we make, that are going to last for eternity? There are decisions that God's calling us to do that we don't think are very significant, but it's, really, it's literally going to change a generation, a future generation. And so when God calls us into his kingdom, that's the greatest, that's the greatest feeling And all we have to do is come to him and ask him, Lord, can we please be part of your kingdom? And he'll open that up to us. And so there's going to be big decisions. There'll be small decisions. But I don't think we realize the weight of of God's kingdom because sometimes we just look um, at the temporary. We just look at what's five feet ahead of us. As we close this morning, I want to ask us a few questions. Has there ever been a time in your life where you were on your last leg? You couldn't go on any further unless someone came beside you to help you out? If so, how did you respond? Did you ask for help? Did anyone come to assist you? Has there ever been a time in your life when God miraculously showed up? You saw the power and authority of God in your life, and you knew that it was only him that could have done it. If so, how did you respond? What did you do, and how did it shape your life? How did it shape your faith? Have you ever experienced what it means to be in a relationship with the creator of the universe? Do we truly understand that God, the creator of all things, wants to be in a relationship with us? We are not human doers. We are human beings. We're just supposed to be. He wants us to be with him. Do you know what it's like to wake up every day knowing that you were created and designed by God for a purpose? And that each moment you can decide to humble yourself, follow his will for your life and see what he does. This morning, we want you to know how to make the right decisions for your lives. We plan our steps. God weighs our spirit. God establishes our steps. And that's the good news, that God weighs our spirits. He knows what's really going on in our hearts. Even though we could never pass his test, he provided his son, Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith in Jesus, God establishes our steps, and he makes our footsteps firm. The decisions that we make today will shape our future for all of eternity. The decisions that we make today will point us to God's love. It's going to point us to God's plan for our life. One set of plans are temporary, and the other set of plans are eternal. God's plan is that we would surrender our wills to him, that we would repent of our sins, that we would come and follow Jesus Christ all of our life. We would faithfully follow Jesus He's created us for a reason and for a purpose, guys. And we were designed to know the creator of everything. And it's a daily choice to follow him. Today, he invites us. Will you surrender your life to Christ and follow him all the days of your life? Let's close in prayer. Ushers, please come up for communion. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for everything Uh, that you have done for us, that you've done through us. We realize, Lord, that this life isn't about us. We realize, Lord, that it's only by your grace, it's only by your truth, and this is good news that we, we can never get tired of hearing. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would fall upon us heavy, that your spirit would would convict us, that we'd be able to humbly come to your cross, and we would be able to see what you want us to do. We believe that you speak through your Holy Spirit. You speak through our circumstances. You speak through other people. But clearly, you speak through your Bible and your word. 
And so we thank you, Lord. We, there's nothing that we've done to deserve that. And so we thank you for, for your life. Thank you for surrender, giving everything up so that we could have life. Lord, if there's anything that we need to confess to you today, we pray, Lord, that uh, you would work on our hearts, that you would, you would stir our spirits, and that we would be able to know and trust you, and that we'd be able to know and call you Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen.